Good grief, Anna. I mean, I don't want to pour it when I'm talking. I want it out of my fridge also. <laughs> it's been in my fridge for I know. For I have one of those I eventually just poured Get into the drain. Get out of here. We just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. Yeah, we try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. It's <laughs> mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips, the podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I am Anna. Oh, I thought you were going to add something I know, I thought there. I would, but At I didn't At least Anna Marie. You could say I'm Hi, Anna, Anna Marie. Anna Marie. That's, that's a song. I always thought that was kind of cool that you were named Anna Marie. I like I actually it. did. It's kind of... I like it. it. That was your dad's idea. That, oh, all right. He's yeah. one, one good idea. <laughs> he had, one up for dad. He had a couple of good ones. Eh. A couple. Eh. <laughs> Anna Banana. Hi, Anna Banana. And this is the Anna Banana episode. This We're trying the, something kind of different. Anna Banana Spooktacular Special. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The last episode Eep-a-shirt. on our podcast, <laughs> our Freudian Sips. <sighs> yeah, just make I'm it not, weirder every time you say it. it in. Yep, very good. Yeah, I kind of... I, I will never criticize I, you again. <laughs> I got it. I learned my lesson. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to criticism. <laughs> so I make Anna's life hell when she points out anything. But she does it too. So it's That is okay. true. That is very she true. It for I me. do not like criticism. <laughs> so the last episode, I kind of had the wheel. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, take, Jesus the wheel. take the wheel. Bonnie got to take the wheel. wheel. Yeah. So this Except episode, the Anna takes the wheel. Yes. Which is a little frightening So for I want to, before we get into the episode, I want to... Step on the brake. That's exactly how she drives, too. (laughs) I don't ride the brake because that's bad for the brake. I learned that from Papa. (laughs) She almost just spit out her wine on her mic. Thanks for not doing that. You and the brakes thing. Okay. He taught me to drive. Yes, he did because I was basically too wimpy. (laughs) You were too busy. And, and wimpy, I guess. It was mostly the wimpy thing because I was it? I was a little scared. You're still you still don't like to drive with me. You're a little scary. I, well, I, <laughs> no, she's a good driver. She's uh-huh. just a. I mean, she's. I a, wouldn't say aggressive. Maybe uh, assertive. Assur- very assertive driver. She's a balls to the wall driver. I'm a balls to the, and I don't. You ride get the that brake. from Mama. You get that from Mama. Do I? Yeah. The I just balls it to skips a generation. Thing. Yeah. You're a wimpy driver. You don't have the <laughs> the will of the warrior. I just shh. I follow the rules. You're like, oh no. I just try to stay out of the way when I drive. And I'm like, get out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way. Papa used to call Mama Leadfoot. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Lead for foot. sure. So yeah, it skips a generation. You're yeah. a lead foot driver. All right, I'll take it. But okay, so where were you like screeching? Oh, I was the- breaking because at the beginning of last episode, I wanted to bring up the reviews and merch thing, but I didn't. Mm. So I think we should plug that before we get into the meat of the episode. Mm-hmm. While we have your attention. Yes, because I... I am guilty of this too when I listen to podcasts that once it gets to the end, once it gets to like the ending stuff, the end mm. closing, I, I kind of skip past it. I'm like, I've heard all this shame stuff. Shame on you. Shame I know, on you. I know, I know. But so I want to put it in before here so it's harder to skip past. So we are still doing our review promo. Is that the word? Yeah, promotion. Yeah, Yeah. it's a promotion. Review promo where Mm -hmm. if you give us a review on wherever you can review podcasts and then you send us a screenshot of it Mm -hmm. and you send us your address, we will send you a sticker for free because we're so appreciative that you would take the time to review us and tell us what you think about us. Yes. Hopefully it's a good review, but even if it's constructive criticism, we will take that. And we know you're busy. Everybody's busy. For sure. And so we really appreciate that you take time to listen to our podcast. Sure. But we would be even more appreciative if you just take a moment 
to give us a review. And we'll fawn about it on air. And we'll talk and about it. it. And talk about how cool you are. Yeah. We, we will, will give, give you a big shout out. You a Unless, promotion. If you want to say, hey, don't shout me out, then we won't. <laughs> because we respect confidentiality. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We are professional Part counselors. Part of our job. Yeah. <laughs> it's in our ethics. Yeah. We won't, we won't shout you out <laughs> unless you are okay with that. And also our merch, that if you go to our site at FreudianSipsPod.com, there is a merch link right on the first page. You mm-hmm. click that, and we have a whole bunch of super soft merchandise and some t-shirts and sweatshirts. I'm currently wearing our sweatshirts. Mom was wearing her sweatshirt earlier, but it's hot up here. And I got a little warm. She got a little warm. <laughs> and but I will wear it in After just a, a few while. shots in, you're going to get yeah. a little warm. <laughs> and... It's very soft and very cute, and the designs turned out really good, so I'm very pleased. The designs are striking. They're they're very. I mean, of course, I think that everything. That Anna <laughs> I was going to say this is a little amazing. biased. This is a bit biased, but I mean, it's like mine is a red sweatshirt and it has a white Freud on it. There are like dark designs and light designs where, mm-hmm. like, if if the shirt itself is a lighter color than the the Freud, or the logo is Freud holding a. Uh, a wine bottle and a cigar mm-hmm. and if it's a lighter colored shirt then the freud will be black but if it's a darker color which mom and i both got right. then the freud is white and it really it does pop it's it's quite so nice. you can pick the one that you like and yeah. whatever color is your favorite right. you right. can find a merch in that color mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get a merch it just kind of makes you cool to wear that kind of stuff because hey. you're you're a golden chalice sipster if you <laughs> order our merch we would like that in our cult <laughs> And that goes back to episode 30 and 31. Mm-hmm. Double parter. A two-parter. That was a good one. That was good. About the cults. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. That was kind of spooky. We might have done that during Spookyville. We've had a couple Welcome of to Spookyville, by the way. <gasps> oh, yeah. Welcome back to Spookyville. We're in the midst of Spookyville. We're in, this is prime Spookyville because we're releasing this the week of Halloween. This is... Ooh. <laughs> the Spookyville... Yeah. That's the best I got. That's what you hear when you walk into town. So you walk in, you walk in, you hear that jingle. There's like a mat that you walk over that, that kicks in. It's like in the grocery store, you walk in and the and the doors open. But when you walk in, it's just like Spookyville. It's like the jingle of the town. All right, so if you're a patron, then you will get that as a ringtone. <laughs> I would be God. I would be privileged and honored if you would have me as your Oh range. my God, imagine getting a text and just woo spookyville. <laughs> I want will you put that on my phone, Anna? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's yes. all the foreplay I have. Is that it? That's yeah, enough foreplay. I'm gonna tell you about some spooky spooky sleep paralysis. Woo. I know. So that even just sounds spooky. Yeah, if paralysis is a spooky word. Feel, yeah, it's a it's a very uncomfortable, like out of control feeling. Makes you feel to, trapped. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about sleep paralysis in our dreams episode. Seven and eight were our dream episodes. So we we touched on it. We didn't talk about it a lot, because quite frankly, we were talking about too much. Yeah. <laughs> we were doing too much. You got to put a limit on we things. Put a limit. Boundaries, boundaries. But I am going to tell you basically about what sleep paralysis is and some of the common experiences that people have during sleep paralysis because this is one of those things that we talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago where psychology has a lot of kind of inherently spooky ideas in it. Mm-hmm. Just the way the brain works can be very unknown and very scary at times. Mm-hmm. And sleep paralysis is definitely one of those times that it's a thing that our brains are doing for reasons, for good Mm -hmm. reasons, Mm -hmm. but it manifests as something very spooky. I think that that's, you know, that's what Spookyville is all about, is that we we don't know, we want to know everything. Yeah. We want to have answers to everything. Especially we you have, and me, but I think a lot of people have A this. lot of people are yes. like, you know, what's the logical, right. pro, you know. What's, what's the, the why? We yeah. look for the why. And then if we, if we don't find it, if there is no explanation, then it's like Spookyville right there. Yeah. Boom. Inherent Spookyville. Spookyville. Yep. One way trip to Spookyville. <laughs> That's exactly the right. The subway to Spookyville. <laughs> and you can't get off and the train. And there's a subway in Spookyville. You are stuck you, on the subway train. If you want a train. sandwich, there is a subway in Spookyville. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sandwiches Speaking do they have subway, in Spookyville? Uh, eels. 
came oh. to my mind? <laughs> liver. Yeah. You know those when you go to like a Halloween party and there's like peeled grapes eyeballs. and they say it's they say it's eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, those. It's just bread with the <laughs> peeled grapes in it. <laughs> You gotta stick your hand in a box and feel. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pick out your own grapes and they put it on a bun and they toast it. They're like, "Do you want to toast it?" And you're like, "Ew, no." Well, I don't want my eyeballs toasted. <laughs> I don't want my peeled grapes toasted. My peeled grapes sandwich. <laughs> They're like, it's eyeballs, and then they kick you out of Spookyville. <laughs> and spaghetti is it's... like guts. Oh yeah, is that it? <laughs> I well, always saw if you if you uh, like put a rubber band around a bunch of straws and then you pour jello into it. Oh. And then you took the straws off. Oh, and it's, that's disgusting. It feels like guts. Yeah. It's really good. Entrails. Entrails. These are all very spooky words for our spooky, spooky episode. <laughs> entrails and eyeballs. Eyeballs, guts, entrails. Aren't you spooked? Are, so, you, are, you, are you scared? Are you scared, scared, aren't you? Hey, hey, are you feeling? I'm in the house. Hey, it's <laughs> spooky ASMR. <laughs> Oh, we have to use our are golf voices. <laughs> golf voices. Golf yeah. voices are very scary. Our golf. Hey, uh, he's he's hitting oh with the with the big one, the big <laughs> the big stick. Oh, his entrails got in the sp- way. <laughs> oh, his big stick got caught in his entrails. <laughs> the tiny. That's like a cross between <laughs> pornography and, <laughs> and horror. The tiny. The tiny one, the putter. Is it the putter? <laughs> the tiny the, one the is putter. the putter. It got, it got caught in a spider. It's a big spider. There's a spider. <laughs> they live in the golf hole. <laughs> How is it that you make everything sound dirty? <laughs> golf hole? Are you, are you, are you, golf hole is, are you, sounds dirty. Freud would be enchanted by you, Anna. That's a compliment. <laughs> Freud would be like, I'm wearing a shirt with his another, face on it. He should be enchanted by another me. Another Anna. That I can be enchanted oh, yeah, by because yeah. he was already enchanted by an Anna. Oh. Well, he was a little upset that his Anna didn't love him like an electric complex, <laughs> I think, because she was a big old lesbo. But we're going in many directions. Yeah, sorry. Hey. We're, hey, come back what to are we talking? Uh, we're talking about sorry, sleep paralysis. Sleep. Paralyzing so sleep, If yes. you don't know what sleep paralysis is. Tell me. What is it? I, I will. It's when during the sleeping process, basically, there's a few steps in the process that this can happen. But during the sleeping process, a person becomes aware that they are unable to move or speak. But then they experience hallucinations, auditory or visual, and sometimes things like fear and dread. Just being consciously aware of your surroundings, but there's something extra added from our brains. But we cannot move. We physically cannot move. Mm. It's very it's very alarming. I mean, I have never, uh, knock on wood, never experienced sleep paralysis. Have you? I don't know. Let's talk about it more, and okay. maybe I have. Because you- I will. I will tell you something later in the podcast that that might be. Yeah. Okay. Then before I tell you the science of it, I am going to tell you some stories. Oh, good! I love some stories. Sleep paralysis story time. Okay. The first. I heard footsteps coming up the stairs of the attic, which ends up right beside my bed. I couldn't see anyone coming up, though. Suddenly, I realized I saw something in the corner of my peripheral vision, and I could hear it breathing. When I slowly oh, rolled... Oh, crap. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, man. But just, oh, crap. When okay. I slowly rolled my eyes to the side, I saw the small head of a white-faced troll grinning and staring at me. I panicked, and suddenly all the phones in the house started ringing. This ringing sound built and built louder and louder. It scared me, and I knew for sure that I had permanent tinnitus. For a short moment, which felt like a really long time, I had enough strength to locate and lift my arm. This immediately stopped all the hallucinations, and I woke up without tinnitus. So that includes both auditory and okay, visual. Okay, so is that a dream? Is that a dream? What we'll, is that? What we'll the get hell into is it. that? We'll get into it. Okay, well, wow. But... I, I do want to point out that it was involving both auditory and visual right. hallucination stimuli because they could hear the thing breathing. They saw this weird troll creature. Uh-huh. There was phones ringing. I mean, it it involves all of our senses, basically. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the next one. Ready? You ready? I'm, I'm kind of creeped out just by the troll guy. Oh, I've guy. got more, buddy. Okay. All right. Buddy. All right. I'm ready. I had attempted to do a method of inducing lucid dreaming, where you wake up after five-ish hours of sleep, then lay still and move your fingers like you're playing a piano. I sort of felt myself transition into a lucid dream, which I guess then turned into sleep paralysis. I was unable to move, and then suddenly, as I tried to go back to sleep, my entire body started violently vibrating, and I couldn't see anything, and I heard what sounded like a man screaming in pain. 
I instantly woke up from the sleep paralysis and jumped up in my bed. Didn't sleep the rest of the night because I just had an uneasy, eerie feeling. Well, duh. Yeah, no kidding. I would be worried if you didn't. So wait a minute. So so like a sleep paralysis, just being sound asleep and not being able to wake up? Like being so deep it's in somewhere your in the middle. REM somewhere kind in the of? middle. Okay. You're, you're asking science questions and I want to tell stories. Let me tell my stories. <laughs> I want to know why, why, why. Okay, then, okay. then keep these, keep these okay. thoughts. I'm, I'm taking keep notes. Oh, I know she's taking notes on the stories, which I, I feel really get. <laughs> I told her I was going to take notes, and I she didn't, didn't think believe you did me. The I'm stories. freaking serious. I'm All taking right. notes. Okay. All right. A okay. few recurring characters are a banshee in my room screaming at me in some sort of demonic multi-voice, a little girl that walks up to me and resets my sleep paralysis and puts me into nightmares. I'm usually up for the rest of the night if I get visit from either of these two, but I get them quite frequently while stressed, and they tend to stress me out for the next night so it compounds on itself. Skeletons walking past my door is common. Dead people staring at me from my window. I don't know why most of mine are centered around dead, rotting things, but they oh, are. Gross. I'm a 34-year-old man, and I don't know why little ghost girls scare me. Because <laughs> they're freaking scary. Because they're little ghost girls. <laughs> ghost girls are like the <laughs> top of the scary list. Okay, so that has several characters, and that will come into play later. All of these that I've picked for the... You're excited about this, I am. This is very fun. So (laughs) I've talked about this before, that like when we started a podcast, some of my favorite podcasts are story podcasts. Okay. Like they tell stories. So I'm excited to be able to tell you fine people's stories. Okay, next one. She's got on her storytelling outfit. Well, not really. (laughs) It's a banana suit. It's one of those dinosaurs, those T-Rex suits. With a little short Yeah, with a little, I'm speaking through it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was happily sleeping on my back when I woke up, except that I didn't. At this point, I hadn't realized yet that it was a sleep paralysis episode. So I opened my eyes and then I couldn't move. And then it clicked. Shit, I'm not supposed to open my eyes. Immediately after that, a curvy female shadow figure with long hair appeared at the end of my bed. Oh, no. She didn't even have glowy eyes or anything, just a pitch black silhouette. Like Mr. Game and Watch, but in 3D and sexy. (laughs) That's very, very descriptive. Very descriptive. (laughs) Surprised, but not scared, because as I mentioned, I already knew that this could happen, and in reality, I was safe in my bed in the real world. What a cute demon, I thought. And after a few seconds of staying there, she, without emitting a sound, jumped on me, her shins over my knees, and grabbed my wrists and held them at the sides of my head to prevent me from moving. Bitch, I'm already paralyzed. What are you doing? I thought. (laughs) And she just French kissed me with tongue. I felt everything. I don't know why this person had to clarify. If you say French, French kissing, kissing then with that tongue, is, yeah, yeah. I don't know what other kind of French kissing there is. just re it's like, let me reiterate, me. I got some action <laughs> with a yeah, demon From girl. a creepy, spooky thing. And okay. I woke up out of pure confusion. I couldn't even let her finish. I was so surprised that I just woke up. <laughs> I, I definitively wasn't expecting that. So they were like, what, gonna just let her score? Was that it? Uh, just the words, okay? I, I was definitively like I they, definitely they just wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitively wasn't expecting that. Okay. Interesting way to phrase okay, it. Okay, this is the last one, and then I will tell you what is going on. Please, because I really need what to know even why, is why, why, okay. I've only experienced it once, but I was asleep on an air mattress in a room I normally don't sleep in. There was a fan above my head, which had a calming sound, I remember, but I also felt this black energy twisting out of my stomach and chest. It was above me looking down. Oh. I couldn't see it, but I could feel it, so I guess I was picturing it within my mind. It filled me with dread, and my entire body felt like lead. Unintentional rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) So... With all this in mind, and how different these experiences can look, let me tell you more about what sleep paralysis actually is. So these stories that I picked illustrate how sleep paralysis episodes can look sort of similar, but also very different, very distinct. Mm -hmm. These are hallucinations or sensations that occur either when someone is falling asleep, and these are called hypnagogic, or when they're waking up, and those are called hypnopompic. And the person <laughs> that's like stalagmites, 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 stalagmites. Welcome to stalagmites. <laughs> Say the two words again. Hip hypnagogic is when you're falling asleep. Hypnagogic. Gogic. 
like I don't know what that is. I like they don't make any sense. Okay, hypnagogic and hypnopompic is when you're waking up from sleep. <laughs> Somebody just made that crap up. Okay, all right, I got Mom, it. Mom, inherently everyone, Makes someone up made something. up a word at some every point. Every single word. Yes, every word. Isn't that weird to think of? Every single word we speak was made up by just, somebody. Yeah, some at some point okay. someone said it for the first time, and it was well, a thing. hypnagogic is definitely one for the books. That was I'm the first one who said that. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> So the person okay. cannot move. They can't do anything about these hallucinations because the brain has paralyzed the body. And I'll talk more about this later. The types of hallucinations that they can experience are auditory. So these include humming, hissing, static, uh, zapping, buzzing noises, and also things like whispers or roars or just voices in general. Oh, mom's oh. shivering already. The whisper thing. Gets the whisper. Me. Yeah. There's a lot. That's I read a lot. As so shit. Uh, I should say that I got these stories not from listeners, but from I just searched like sleep paralysis stories, and there's a bunch of like here's the 50 most scary sleep paralysis stories like mm-hmm. lists online. Mm-hmm. So if you just search sleep paralysis stories, you can find a lot. A lot of them included like hearing whispers like by your ear, which uh-huh. to me is much scarier mm-hmm. than, I don't know, than like hearing a roaring or like the yeah, phone ringing it's and right stuff. There. It's right there. Yeah, 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 it's very, very freaky to me. They're visual, so they might be supernatural creatures that scare you or actually seem to interact with you physically, like suffocating you. A lot of people talk about being suffocated by their sleep paralysis entities, basically. Or shadowy figures that come into your room or lurk outside your door or your window or in the corner of your room. Just just very, very vague, but you know it's a presence, basically. And sensations. And these are feelings of pressure on your chest. That's very common. Mm-hmm. Feelings of intense emotion like fear or panic. Just bodily sensations. When you said the thing about the chest, that always reminded me of that idea that you hear often that the idea of a demon... Sitting on your chest. Sitting on your chest. Yeah. 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 yeah that is it's kind of a something from that sleep comes paralysis, again. I yeah. think. Okay. In terms of statistics, between eight and fifty percent of people Wow. Wide range. Wide range. Another source said twenty five to fifty percent, but that's between eight and fifty, so whatever. <laughs> experience sleep paralysis at some time, and about five percent have regular episodes. That's still pretty high. That is. Uh, there's no difference in gender distribution. There's not really any kind of cultural difference, I think. It's just right. it's just a thing that happens in brains. In terms of a diagnosis, sleep paralysis is a diagnosis in itself. And it's not really serious. Like, as creepy as it sounds, sleep paralysis can't actually hurt you. It's not something that can affect you physically, no matter how physical it feels at the time. And it can be similar to other diagnoses like narcolepsy, which can also involve hypnagogic and hypnopopic hallucinations. It also has. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, but those I are can't. Hard words. I'm not going to be able to say that. You're really good at it. Thanks. <laughs> I practiced a lot. Hypnagogic. Stand in front of the mirror. Hypnagogic. Hypnopompic. So to me, though, Anna, that what we're basically talking about is being asleep and entering into a dream state. Where you're kind of conscious, you know, like I call that the floaty space. Yeah. It the is floaty very much space a floaty when space. you first go to sleep and the floaty space right before you wake it's up. It's a very in between space where wires are getting crossed right. in your brain. And you're asleep and you can feel your body is asleep, but you feel awake. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I think I doesn't everybody feel that sometimes? I've never experienced that. No, the oh paralysis goodness. part. The, well, the I don't main know. thing is the paralysis part. I have felt that floating like, in between space, but I've never felt like I can't move. Oh, okay, I yeah. got that. You okay. have felt that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Like, like I know, like that feeling, like. I want to move now, but I can't because I'm still asleep. I but mean, I'm aware I've, of everything that's happening, I but I can't like, move. Oh, I really don't want to get up, so I'm not going to no, move. No, that's different. That's yeah, different. yeah. That's, I've never felt like I mm-hmm. physically cannot move. I will say that's probably because I sleep on my stomach. I'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it has an opposite diagnosis, which is interesting. It's called Rapid Eye Movement Sleep Behavior Disorder, which is just a real pithy name. Good job, scientists, for coming up with Rapid Eye Movement Sleep Behavior Disorder. Hmm. And this is when the brain fails to make the body paralyzed during sleep. And unlike sleep paralysis, which can feel very scary and like it's going to hurt you, REM sleep behavior disorder can cause injury. Because you get up and move? Yes, you can move during your sleep. Okay, so that's like sleepwalking and sort of okay sleepwalking happens during a different t- 
time during your sleep okay. schedule, basically. Okay. <laughs> uh, there are three categories of hallucinations that you can experience or that most people experience. Mom almost knocked over her glass. I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. She was keeping it on her notes. I don't know. I, had, I needed more room to write notes. <laughs> She's like, oh, no. Move my glass out of the way. <laughs> so these are uh, the kinds of hallucinations that people are most commonly experienced. And this is from a 1999 study from Chain, Roofer, and Newby Clark, which are not as fun as the names that you were giving me earlier. Ruby Clark is, is a fun one. Newby. 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 Is that a person's name? It's a name. It's not like okay, a moniker. Okay, okay. It's like newbie. You're yeah, a newbie. It's the greenie. Clark. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful to have a name that was always newbie? You were forever a newbie. a newbie. You never oh, become no. experienced. Oh, that's yeah, so hard on self Sad. Sorry, newbie yeah, Clark. Okay. Tell us about it then. So the three types are intruder. And this is when you sense a presence. You have fear. And this involves auditory and visual hallucinations. There's the incubus type. Which is what you were just talking about. That presence on the chest and Uh there's breathing difficulties. Often it involves pain. If you've never, if you don't know what an incubus is, there is a folklore demon that is incubus or succubus. And that is a kind of sex-oriented demon that visits you during the night and sexually interacts with you, basically. And it's a really common folklore idea that way back when people would say they were visited in the night by incubi and succubi. This is probably where that came from from Mm -hmm. so it's called the incubus hallucination Mm -hmm. because that is what this entails might be sexual but it's not good (laughs) no in the end it's not good Yeah. yeah and it doesn't necessarily include a sexual experience feeling the incubus hallucination does mm-hmm. i think it's just cuz of the specific physical sensations like the the chest and the mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff but i did read some stories that involved people feeling sexually violated by their hallucinations by mm-hmm. their sleep paralysis hallucinations mm-hmm. so this is a thing that can happen is feeling like you're you're trapped and you can't get out of the uh, sexually, you know, difficult experience. There's also unusual bodily experiences, which are flying and floating, like outside of your body and general out-of-body experiences, and also feelings of bliss, which is, okay, imagine you're sitting in like, I'm picturing like a sleep paralysis support group. <laughs> and there's people that are like, I got visited by an incubus. I got visited by a shadow person. I got visited by this. And you're like, I just felt really good. (laughs) It was fun. I want to do it again. I was flying around. It was awesome. And everyone's like, leave. Would that be like part of the whole thing where you like crash? And how so you like flying is very flying common and in you dreams. Crash. Yeah. So I'm actually surprised this isn't as common because that's not that's the least common one. Huh. Okay. So it's as common as like things like flight are in dreams. You would think that would be more common in sleep yeah. paralysis, but it's really not. So of these, the intruder category is the most common by far. Hmm. It is extremely common in sleep paralysis experiences and people who experience sleep paralysis have a nickname for the intruders they experience because it's so common they call it the sleep paralysis demon Ooh, yeah yeah so it's so common that there was a reddit thread asking about people's run-ins with the sleep paralysis demon it garnered four thousand comments wow and they were all super similar like it's very very common our brains do very similar things when this is happening and sleep paralysis has been recorded throughout history like i said the stories of incubi and succubi probably originated from people having sleep paralysis episodes and interpreting that as something spiritual and something supernatural because you're when you talk about it you're talking about a black and white like this is what our brain does this is is what our brain does exactly but some people who experience it experience it as there is a demon who comes right and sits even on if my you cho- know yeah. logically that it is a psychological thing and a mm-hmm. brain thing it feels very real right it feels very scary right so you can i mean it's one of those things that you can talk yourself down from the ledge as much as you want but it doesn't change how scary it feels right. in the moment in the you moment can't exactly that feeling and have you ever seen those paintings like those old-time paintings of women like lying down and there's a creature on their chests Uh the most common one is called the nightmare by henry fuselli if you just search the nightmare henry it'll fill in fuselli for you um it's f-u-s-e-l-i and that's the most common if you look it up you will be like oh yeah i i know that picture Mm -hmm. because it's 
extremely common. And there's a lot of pictures kind of in that genre of like women being visited in the night by demons. Isn't it weird that it's women usually? Like in the art yeah. the art that you're talking about. Yeah. I think uh-huh. maybe men don't want to seem vulnerable. I was going to say women yeah. are more open to saying they had it. They had it uh, happen to them. I would say even if the artist was reflecting an experience that they have had, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't want to man, yeah. Yeah, put themselves in a vulnerable position in the art. But that's speculation. I don't know. <laughs> that's Anna's. It's Anna's art criticism. Welcome yes. to Anna's art criticism hour. <laughs> and before it was known what this actually was, like I said, this is probably what caused the creation of folklore creatures like the incubus and succubus. And hell, even knowing what it is, like we just talked about, it's probably the cause of some supernatural experiences like ghosts or alien abductions that's very common. Oh, mom just got a very happy look on her face. Because <laughs> you were wearing a necklace. Oh, yes. I was wearing an alien necklace today in honor of recording this episode later. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's because that that is a common intruder illusion that the intruders are aliens oh. and that they're around you. So it's very common for people who experience sleep paralysis to say they were, it's like an abduction experience because they were being surrounded Because a lot of people aliens. who believe that they have been abducted are abducted during the night while they were yes. sleeping and they were, yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you about why. So are you saying it's impossible to be abducted by aliens, Anna? That is so tough because (laughs) I do believe in things that are beyond our comprehension. I believe in things like ghosts, although we've talked about this before that I believe in it in a different way than like horror movies and stuff portray ghosts. Uh huh. Um, I believe in aliens. I do not know if I believe that aliens have visited us. And okay. take people. Okay. I believe that we are not alone in the universe. I don't think that people have been abducted by aliens. Okay. I don't. I have not been compelled by the evidence that that has happened. Okay. Especially with what I know about how the brain works and how the brain can do really weird things for us. Mm-hmm. So I believe in supernatural stuff. I don't believe it to the extent that some people believe it. I think. Right. Okay. Do you, do you believe that people are abducted by aliens? I honestly don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm with you. I Almost what you said exactly is okay. how I feel. I believe there's a lot that we don't know. I believe there's a lot we don't understand. And I could never say like without a shadow of a doubt that right, there's not right. such a thing. I, I but, don't have enough hubris to say I know this for right, sure, right. basically. Either way. Either way. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And I do respect that people have perceptions that they truly believe with all yeah, their heart that yeah. that's what happened to them. And, and you know, it's not that we should judge them for those perceptions. And honestly, and, if it's not causing them impairment in their life, then, right. okay, you can believe whatever you want. But there are some people whose experiences with ghosts or aliens And the older I get, the more flexible i am with that <laughs> yeah you you're know, like the more oh, i'm whatever. like eh, whatever you want to believe dude whatever, <laughs> whatever gets you man. through the day yeah <laughs> whatever floods your boat I don't know. like you said as long as it doesn't interfere with your everyday yeah you know functioning and going to work if every it's day just a thing that you believe yeah. like what's the harm i don't know <laughs> and as long as you're not going to make me try to you know yeah, you're not going to try to make it down yeah, my throat yeah. then hey you believe what you want to believe dude sure so yeah yeah, yeah. whatever gets you going i guess So why it happens. Mm -hmm. So like other stuff we've talked about in this podcast, the consensus is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But as There's always, a lot of that in psychology. There's, so much, there's, there's a discouraging amount of that in psychology. <laughs> but as always, there's several theories. So let's start with the science behind the paralysis part of sleep paralysis. So during sleep, the brain releases two neurotransmitters, gamma aminobutyric acid. <laughs> you love saying those big I words. I hated that, actually. <laughs> That's abbreviated as... I'm always so... <laughs> freaking impressed when you use those big words so oh, that's just so you know thank you <laughs> i'm like that's I like, my girl I, I don't know if you were i think you were taking notes so you didn't look at me when i had the moment of panic flash through my eyes that i was gonna have to say that on air uh but it was definitely amino butyric was that was a lot you did great it's uh abbreviated as gaba there G-A-B-A. you go and glycine 
which is much more friendly named. Yes. So these cause muscle atonia during REM sleep. And muscle atonia just means a loss of muscle tone. This keeps us from physically acting out our dreams during the REM stage, which is when our most vivid dreams occur. We talked about this in our dream episode a bit, but the theory is that the brain simulates scenarios in dreams and then responds to them in kind of like a like a simulation thing where it's... Virtual reality. Basically, yeah. It's like testing out different things. Uh-huh. The brain wants to do this by itself. It doesn't want the body helping. Well, it's a really good thing if you sleep in the same bed with somebody. I was just going to say, dangerous yeah, we might we might hurt there. our squishy meat suits. We might hurt our partner's <laughs> squishy meat suits. I mean, like if you're having dreams about interacting with the world around you, if you're uh-huh. flailing around in your sleep, that's going to cause problems. Right. So that's why the REM sleep behavior disorder can be dangerous. Like I said, if the brain fails to paralyze us during that, then we might end up like, punching our partner or something and this is not sleepwalking so you mentioned this earlier sleepwalking happens in the slow wave sleep stage which is not when we're supposed to be paralyzed this is just uh, sleepwalking is separate but kind of has the same ideas but it's not like when we're sleepwalking we we should be laying in bed paralyzed the paralysis part happens during the REM stage and the sleepwalking happens not in the REM stage basically so one theory of why sleep paralysis happens is that it's an overlap of the REM and the waking stages of sleep so basically what you were saying the floaty part yeah the floaty part so this makes sleep paralysis a parasomnia which just means a sleep disorder Studies have found that people who experience sleep paralysis have shorter REM sleep latencies, which basically means how long it takes to shift in and out of REM sleep. And this is along with a shortened REM cycle and what they called the fragmentation of REM sleep, which I... I, (laughs) The internet didn't really tell me what that means. I think it just means like the REM doesn't happen in one continuous cycle. It kind of breaks it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically if your REM is weird... Your brain's going to do weird things. Your brain will get confused and it'll throw other sleep cycles at you like, oh, is REM not happening? I got I gotta <laughs> to make other things happen. Where are we where, supposed to be? Where are we? It's like yeah. looking at that like mall map, like with the little X that says we are here. You are here? You are where here. am I? It's like, I don't, where's REM? Where's, I don't, this, we're by a payless. What am I doing? <laughs> it just gets very confused about whether or not REM is actually happening. Oh, there's a cookie store. <laughs> oh, let's go get a pretzel. Oh, dip. Let's go. <laughs> and then you're paralyzed and you're yeah. having a pretzel. It's you bad news. Problems. It's bad yeah. news. Another theory is that it could be because of general brain chemical and function stuff. Hmm. So our brain has... I'm going to try to explain this in a way that's easier than I read it. <laughs> Please do, because, you know, it makes my heart... My yeah. Head so, yeah. In your heart, I guess. In my heart, a little. In my heart Mostly hurts. Mostly in my head. Our brain has cells that control our serotonergic functions. Now, (laughs) that's easy for you to say. The root word of this is serotonin. Serotonin. Exactly. And these wake us up. Okay. So those serotonin functions wake us up. And if they aren't functional enough to overcome the signals keeping our brain asleep, then there could be a time when both of those things are basically happening. So if the serotonin is activating and trying to wake us up, but the chemicals in our brain that are keeping us asleep are too strong, then we could be kind of in that floaty stage that you talked about. We could be waking up, but our brain parts are still turned off. Right. This involves a disruption of the regulation of melatonin as well, which Mm -hmm. is a sleep chemical. Right. Probably one of the more common sleep chemicals. I think more people are aware of melatonin. Everybody hears that word. Yeah. Melatonin is a very, I I have a lot of clients who take melatonin, especially kids. That's a really common thing for kids to be taking. I've noticed that too, yeah. Yeah. Kids to be taking melatonin. It's a big thing. So I think that's more in the public consciousness. So let's talk about the why of the hallucination part of it. So for the body sensations, you ready for another term? Uh Uh-oh. A term. You have lots of terms, Uh, I've noticed. (laughs) There's a lot of, there's a lot of You like those big words. It makes me sound smart. Okay, give me one. Vestibular motor disorientation. Ooh. Fun, right? Yeah. And that's one of those fun terms that if you like really look at it and break it down, you can kind of figure out what it means. Uh Uh-huh. Because like 
vestibular motor disorientation if you like motor disorient yeah yeah it's just disorienting when you're supposed to be moving basically the main theory is that during sleep paralysis the parts of our brain that control body movement and give us information on body positioning activate even though we're paralyzed Right. So we can't move and our brain's going, what's happening? What's happening? It gets all flustered and kind of creates sensations to fill in the blanks. And that leads to things like floating sensations. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of this study and I didn't write it down, so I don't know. It just occurred to me. There was a study where they had people touch their nose Mm -hmm. and then they gave them like electric shocks in their arm. And then because of the electric shocks, they believed that they were still touching their nose, but their arm was like a foot away. Their their finger was like a foot away from their nose. Oh, geez. So for like a half a second, they believed that their nose was a foot long. Oh my gosh, that's so weird. So our brains can do really weird things when it comes to believing certain things about body positioning. Uh And that's where things like vertigo come in even. Right. I mean, just the way our our balance works and the way our our body positioning systems work. So that is included in this whole process. So sensations like not being able to breathe might be attributed to this as well, where the actual paralysis of sleep paralysis involves removing the voluntary control of our breathing. That means that when we're in REM, when our body is paralyzed, our brain is basically saying like, okay, the breathing is an involuntary motion. It's going to stay steady. It's basically going into like autopilot mode. But when we're awake, and we're like trying to control our breathing, quote unquote. Yeah. We feel like we don't have control of it because we can't regulate the breathing consciously. Oh, okay. So the because sleep- I was gonna say your breathing is gonna happen whether right you- exactly that that's what it's it's going into the part of our brain that's unconscious right but we're consciously trying to control it but the unconscious part keeps control and says no no I know what I'm doing right <laughs> let okay. me keep doing this but we're trying to consciously take control and when we can't do that when we can't override the autopilot we basically get really panicked. We panic, We yeah. feel like we yeah. can't control our breathing even though it stays steady. Because if you think about that, that's a really weird thing that something's so automatic. We don't think mm-hmm. throughout the whole day, we don't think about our breathing. But in the moment when we have a panic attack, we're suddenly very All we can think it. is, oh my God, I can't breathe, I can't right. breathe. yeah. It's something we never it's think like about. That, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever said this to you, so apologize in advance. You're very aware of your tongue right now. <laughs> You're aware of how it's sitting in your mouth. <laughs> it's like, what (laughs) (laughs) or like if someone says like you're aware that you're consciously breathing right now or Uh something and you just Uh suddenly become consciously aware you think about something that you normally exactly yeah right yeah Yeah. something that just happens and then we're consciously thinking about it which when we're in a panicky situation we do kind of think about trying to control our breathing everything and then if we feel like we can't do that that removes the only measure of control we could have so when we're in a situation where our whole body is paralyzed so we feel like those hallucinations are there and we feel like we can't fight off this intruder the only thing we could possibly control is whether or not we're panicking about it and we can't control that right so it's a very trapped feeling it's a very scary feeling to experience this the bottom line is it's a very trapped feeling trapped Uh, very much trapped in your body like yeah yeah And then there's the intruder and incubus hallucinations, which are very similar to each other. Um, They're kind of in the same category, especially since they both involve a threat-activated vigilance system, which is such a cool name. (laughs) Sounds like some kind of alarm system you put in your house. It is. That's exactly what it is. Except it's in our brains. (laughs) Yeah, it's our brains going wee-oo, (laughs) wee-oo. So this is when the brain sounds the emergency alarms because we are awake, but we cannot move, and that's not good, and the brain doesn't like it. Hmm. So lizard brain feels very vulnerable to attack, more so than in normal dreams because we can control our normal dream avatars, basically. (laughs) But in real life, when there's kind of that overlap between dream and reality, we can't control it because of the paralysis. Okay. So this threat-activated vigilance system is supposed to differentiate between dangerous situations and determine if the fear response is appropriate. You would think this would mean that the system would go, oh, this feels weird, but everything's fine. Yeah. There's no danger here. It's okay. But no, that's not what our brain does. <laughs> our brain doesn't have that fail-safe in it. So, nope. <laughs> nope. The brain's like, nope, that danger, extra easy. danger. Actually, thanks for asking. 
more danger than you thought. <laughs> Kiss your butt goodbye. <laughs> We're gonna die. <laughs> So instead, the brain keeps feeling helpless and vulnerable, which makes the hallucinations, which are basically just dreams that are, like you said, kind of transcending the bounds of dreams between dreams and awake. We're experiencing them much more vividly and real than we would otherwise. This is kind of like what we've talked about before, that like in a situation where your adrenaline's really pumping and your senses kind of get more attuned, this is that. But you're in a dream. Okay. And so when you're experiencing these things that are actually dream things that are just kind of bleeding over to our actual surroundings, they feel much more vivid because our senses are much more attuned and we're in like a hypervigilant state. <sighs> I know. Our brains we're, are stupid. We're sleeping and it's exhausting me. I, I, do these people wake up exhausted? Yeah. A lot of them say that when they wake up, it feels like they've physically been like beat up. Good Lord. I'm exhausted just talking about know, it. man. <laughs> So um, because of that involuntary breathing thing that I mentioned, the feeling of helplessness causes a feedback loop with the threat system. And that leads to the system interpreting this as a supernatural being sitting on their chest. That's where oh, that incubus thing Oh, that's in. the demon on your chest. Exactly. Okay. Because you're trying to physically take a deep breath. Yeah. And you can't because your brain's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I got this. It's going at a, at a normal, steady breathing level. But you're trying to physically take a very deep breath. And you can't. You right. t- Your body won't let you. Right. So you feel like you can't breathe because there's someone sitting on your chest. There's that's- nothing worse than not being able to breathe. Yeah, it's a really That's scary the feeling. worst feeling. Yeah. So here are some risk factors for experiencing sleep paralysis. Uh-oh. There are some general factors that include sleep deprivation, erratic sleep schedule, stress, fatigue. So basically... <laughs> Risk factors that are things for a lot of health problems. Right. I, I right. know that's one of the main things I talk about with clients when they come in, when they, they talk about like if they're having like mood difficulties that are outside of the norm for them. You ask them, are you like, sleeping? Are you sleeping? Are yeah. you eating enough? Just the yeah. basic physiological stuff. Take care of your body. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Like people don't think that that's important, but it regulates everything. Really? So those are the most common ones. Just general sleep hygiene is right. what I'll call that. <laughs> I like that. Hygiene. Have you never heard that before? No, I haven't. Sleep, sleep hygiene, hygiene is an actual, yeah, it's is an actual it? term. Oh, I yeah. thought you just made that shit no, up right no. there. <laughs> I'm not that creative. Sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene. No, that's, Sounds like one of those health videos you, you watch in health class. If you're in fifth grade and you need to take showers. Let's watch a video Let's about Let's watch health. a video about showering and bullying. Shower and sleep hygiene. Hygiene. Yeah, yeah. Sleep hygiene is just getting enough sleep, getting sleep at wow. a regular time, okay. that kind of stuff. I learned so many new things from you, Anna. I'm impressed. That's a try. <laughs> Lying on your back is five times more likely during sleep paralysis. Oh, and that's bad. That's because what I read, it's easier in this position for your soft palate to collapse and obstruct oh, your airway. I know that's how you snore. When you're that's on your what back. I thought. I thought of like, and that's that's common like sleep apnea and stuff too. Yeah. So it's it's don't common. sleep on your back. Don't sleep on your back. Basically, I'm a genius for never sleeping on my back. <laughs> is the basic the the basic <laughs> lesson here. That's so weird because I gotta admit, on a very personal level, my weirdest dreams are when I'm on, I wake up on my back. Yeah. Like after the weirdest dreams, yeah. I wake up and I'm on my back, and I don't like sleeping on my back. I sleep on my side, but mm-hmm. now that you say that, that is so freaky. Okay. Oh. Well, additionally, <laughs> additionally, sleep researchers in Turkey found that forty point nine percent of people who slept on their left side. Suffered from nightmares, but only 14.9% of right side sleepers suffered from them. Oh, shit. I know. I sleep on my left side. I do, too. I often but sleep on my stomach, though. I read something, though, physically that says that you should sleep on your left side for your heart. That it's healthier for your heart to Why? sleep on your left. I don't know. I just read it. Weird. And I have, like, heart stuff in my family, <laughs> so I'm stuff. sleeping yeah. on my left side. Yeah. I again I often I it's hard for me to fall asleep if I'm not on my stomach. I gotta be on my left side. I'll sometimes on my left side, but more often. Part I of that's that vertigo stomach. thing I had a few years ago oh, where if yeah. I laid on my right side, then the whole freaking yeah, room spun for sure. out. So I have the psychological thing. Like I'm I often can't. I mean, this is a bit personal. I'm on the left side of our bed. 
Yeah. When you're in bed with someone, when you have someone you sleep with normally, that does make a big yeah. difference. Yeah. yeah. Because then the, the, yeah. the other option is... You don't want to face he, each other. I know other. if he's facing me and I turn on my right side, <laughs> then our faces are like three inches apart. And, and you I'm like, breathe ah. into each other's face. I know. It's like, even no matter how much just, you love each other, yeah, it's just much. not cool. Or my one of my favorite things is when he's on his right <laughs> side and I can be on my right side and be like a jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> So when he does it, it's spooning. When you do it, it's a jetpack. <laughs> I'm smaller than him. Yeah, <laughs> a jetpack. Did you read that somewhere? No, that's that like me. the sleep hygiene thing. No, that's, that's just, just me. an Anna thing. Because I don't think I've ever heard of that. Okay, no, 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 that one's me. That's I an Anna. appreciate that's that. That's an Anna Banana original. Okay, so Anna Banana. There's also a genetic component for sleep paralysis. Oh God, this goes deep. It oh, just, it goes so it just, deep. Oh my God. So there's so in, many layers. I know in other parasomnia, so other sleep disorders, things like. The fragmentation of REM sleep and the hallucinations both... Do you remember what they're called? Did you write it down? The, uh, I probably did, but I took my glasses hypnagogic off. Hypnagogic and hypnagogic. and the, the slagmite and the slagmites and the slagtites. Hypnomistablagmites. They're heritable. So... All those things that we just said are heritable. What is heritable? What? It's hereditary. Oh, it means heritable. you can inherit it. I thought it was like hairy. Okay. Oh, no. H-E-R-I-T-A-B-L-E. Oh, that kind of hairy. Okay. Can, can you take a little sentence? Yeah. Oh, it's a hairy you talking about. Okay. So this has sort of been applied you to sleep. You are paralysis. so deep when you do. <laughs> Let me just put this in here right now. Okay, yeah. So it's recorded. Uh-huh. This episode is the Anna Banana episode. She gets so freaking deep with things. She has done this since she was three years old. What? (laughs) I was not talking about hypnobabric. You never. Oh, oh, I think you were. I don't think I was talking about (laughs) hypnobabric. It was at least slagmites and slagmites, I'm sure. Sure, yeah, probably. It was never just simple like simple. No, it was always deep. And it was extremely self-conscious. Well, you should feel proud. Okay. Because, like, you challenged your mother to... to, (laughs) I would have never gotten my master's degree if you would not have challenged me, Anna Marie. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad I could push it. So that was actually affirmation. Thank you. Okay. So take a deep breath. I feel like I'm being too high level. In that affirmation, you're being very Frasier. (laughs) That's not affirmation. That's that's an insult. Mom just insulted me on air. Okay. Really? Go back to your stalagmites right. and your stalagmites. So for stalagmite, stalagmite and stalactite hallucinations, uh, <laughs> you can inherit them. And there's been like twin you studies. You can inherit them, really? From There is a heritable component. It's just like when we talk about bipolar disorder and stuff. Oh, yeah. That okay. it's more common okay. in people who have, whose so parents have had it. So I believe... Mm-hmm. I, I have some wacky dream stuff in my life. I mean, uh-huh. I believe that I'm one of those people. Yeah. So are you? No. I, I We talked about this in the dream episode, that my dreams yeah. are pretty tame. Oh, we did talk about that. I I have weird dreams. Like, I, ha- I just had a dream last night, and I can't remember it, so I can't even talk about it. But it was very, like, vivid, and I woke up kind of feeling off balance from uh-huh. it. And even now, I mean, we're recording this pretty late at night, and I still kind of feel, like, weird about it. But I can't remember it, so it's very hard to process. So I have weird dreams, but it's not like I've ever experienced anything like sleep paralysis. Like, I'm reading through these stories and stuff, just going, like, wow, that's bonkers. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't know how it feels. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe you'll grow into it. Maybe you have the heredity. That's something to look forward to. And as you get older, you'll get it. And there's also stuff like twin studies where twins are more likely to have the same experience. We need to do an episode on twins. We should do an episode on twin studies. So it lends credence to the idea that this is a physiological problem, basically a problem within your brain chemicals and that, um, yes, what? (laughs) Do you smell that? No. Did you fart? No. <laughs> I think your husband is warming up supper. Oh, probably. He's probably having dinner. I smell food. It's 11 o'clock yeah. at night. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's finally <laughs> it's time for night. supper. <laughs> okay, let me let me speed through how to stop this. How to, how to stop, stop it. How to well, stop this. is it a bad thing? Is it a negative thing? For most people, it is, apparently. For the people who are experiencing it, okay, yes, it's, it's negative. Frightening. And that's the basic how to stop it. So treatment for sleep paralysis has not really been studied thoroughly it's not something that is 
put a lot of resources into, basically. But like I said about the risk factors, there are some minor lifestyle changes that may help in reducing the risk of sleep paralysis. So things like just working in our sleep hygiene, things like making sure you're getting an adequate amount of sleep, mom. <laughs> you're so cute just when you say sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene. <laughs> getting good sleep, sure, getting, getting good regular sleep. sleep. Yeah. I'm yeah. not making fun of that. I believe in that Sleeping very on strongly. your stomach like like the galaxy brains among us, like me. <laughs> sleeping on your stomach. Is that a good thing? Sleeping on your stomach? Sleeping on your stomach is... Uh, sleeping on your back is five times more likely to have it happen. Holy crap. So, yeah. 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 Okay. And on the left side is worse than the right side for nightmares. Yeah, they said nightmares. That's weird. Does that count for sleep paralysis? No, but it's just not pleasant. Whatever. It's nightmares unpleasant. are not pleasant. If you're getting it anyway, though, if this is just something that you're experiencing, if sleep paralysis is just something that's going to happen because of the chemicals in your brain, like I said, or because of all these other factors, mm-hmm. then luckily people are pretty open about sharing their own methods of escaping sleep paralysis. Some people say that they start by like wiggling a toe or a finger to kind of break out of the paralysis very gradually. Mm-hmm. And then they build momentum from those tiny movements until they're fully able to be awake and to escape the paralysis state basically have you ever seen kill bill yes there's that that scene where she so the beatrix kiddo the main character is in a coma for a while and Mm -hmm. she breaks out of it and she goes to this little like secluded place and she can't move the bottom half of her body so she like sits there and she goes wiggle your big toe wiggle your big toe and she like mm-hmm. it's this very extended sequence of her trying to move her right. toe right. and then it cuts to her like walking out of this secluded place so she like worked from that momentum it's it's right. very much that it's very much like getting control over a tiny tiny part of your body and mm-hmm. then building up to breaking out of your paralysis and like I said, there were those stories, like I mentioned earlier, where something happened in the real world and it like broke them out of the sleep, like tore them out of the dream, basically. Right. right. So that's a thing that can happen too. And then other people do the opposite, basically, where they force themselves, instead of forcing themselves to break out of the paralysis and be awake, they force themselves to stay calm and go back to sleep. To go into it, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. To just like, okay, I know this is just like a disruption of my REM, basically, Uh and just I want to go back to where I was before. So basically, awareness, like we talk about almost every episode. Exactly. Just like a lot of other things we have discussed, the more we're aware of what this is and what it's actually doing to our body, the more control we can have over what's going on. Mm. There's a big measure of relief that we can get just by knowing what we have. I've experienced that a lot with clients who are just like, once we get a diagnosis... There's some comfort that comes with that. Even if it's a hard diagnosis, at least you know what you're fighting instead of just fighting the unknown. It's got a name. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of saying like, I'm fighting aliens that are coming into my room. It's like, oh, this is just a thing that my brain is doing. So there is some measure of control that comes with just that. So we're talking about Spookyville. Yeah, Spookyville. It makes... Population us. (laughs) It is a spookiness to to have this experience. But the self-awareness makes Spookyville not so spooky. When we're in Spookyville, we can be like, I know the Spookyville isn't real. (laughs) Right. I enjoy Spookyville because I know what it's about. I know Spookyville (laughs) is just a thing that Anna and Body made up because they're dumb. (laughs) I know it's not real. And I can just ride I know Spookyville can't hurt me. (laughs) And that's kind of the basic, like, once you know it's sleep paralysis, even if you're going through this experience that's very upsetting i mean even Mm -hmm. if you know what it is it's upsetting to feel like someone's sitting on you right it's upsetting to feel like someone's intruding into your room these things are very distressing right but you have the opportunity to say okay this is a sleep paralysis experience it's a thing i do i've done this before i've gotten through it it can't actually hurt me you know i just need to either wake myself up or i need to go back to sleep i i need to do one of these things i need to work with what I already know about what's happening. So you have the opportunity to kind of take hold of that. And if you have a partner, Uh if you sleep with someone in your bed, then if you make them aware that this is something you deal with, 
you yeah, know that's kind of hard because if they're asleep and you have paralysis you can't like wake them right, up right and like but let if them you help you if you wake up and you're distraught because right. of what happened or even there are some aware. people who say that they can make like tiny noises mm-hmm. with their and if you have like a really light sleeping partner maybe that's good mm-hmm. but yeah that's another opportunity where like if you're open with your partner about what's going on with you they're probably able to help you more and right. they're able to kind of coax you out of that experience right. or just to hold you afterwards if you're shook yeah, up no you kidding. know make you, you feel, feel like safe Okay, you're yeah. safe. It's fine. Yeah. So we're running a little bit short on time. Do you want me to tell you some more stories? I'd love stories. Okay. This happened when I was about 12 years old and I was obsessed with Justin Bieber. <laughs> so much that I had I'm a, sorry. A Did you write this, Anna Yeah, Marie? it was me. It was me. I was <laughs> obsessed with Justin Bieber. For the record, I've never been obsessed with Justin Bieber. Who was that guy you liked so much? Aaron Carter. Oh, Mom? that's right. I always confuse Aaron and, and Justin. He, he I'm got, sorry. They kind of real bad he had bad life bad yeah. things happen okay so this particular justin person bieber though, is this justin person bieber. okay so much so that i had a poster of him next to my bed oh at the time i fell asleep sleeping sideways on my bed so i was facing my mirror and i could see the poster next to me i woke up not being able to move and instead of seeing my justin bieber poster i saw a mangled decaying man sitting oh. on the edge of my bed staring oh, at me oh that's not okay I was so scared and all I could do was close my eyes and hope that it went away. I took the poster down after that night. The next one. How did the poster play into that? I think just seeing a figure in your peripheral vision. Okay. All right. I heard some kind of whisper very close to my ear. It was, oh, mom's already shaking her head. (laughs) I'm not okay Like, nope, 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 nope. It was really fast paced and gibberish. When I opened my eyes to know what the hell it was, I saw an old woman hovering face to face about an inch away from me. Holy sh... She had a pale old face, black lip, and two very, very deep black eyes. I'm not even sure she had eyes, in fact. I think those were eye sockets. Oh, God, that's not okay. After what felt like an eternity of panic, I woke up. I didn't sleep again that night. I can understand that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to sleep this night. In a not-so-recent episode, I woke up in the middle of the night, unable to move, and saw a tall, slender figure enter my room. So far, it was an occurrence I'm familiar with, as I have sleep paralysis on a semi-monthly basis. But this time, I watched as the figure crawled into big spoon position with me in my bed, got uncomfortably close to my ear, and whispered, Go back to sleep. Oh! And then I jolted awake, no sign of anyone in my room. Ah! Yikes! Yeah. Yikes. This is not good. Because I'm going to go home after yeah, this. Yeah, you need to go home to your... And I'm going to go to my bed by myself. You're like, cats, <laughs> please, please come lay with me. Okay, last one. This is the last one I have. Okay. okay. You're creeping me out. I know. Okay. It's Spookyville. We got we to gotta Spookyville play this up. is going out Spookyville in population glory. in a paragraph. In a blaze of glory. Let's go out. I woke up sometime in the middle of the night and was trying to fall back asleep. I felt a weird tickling sensation slash vibration throughout my body. <sighs> I couldn't move at all, but I could feel my body lying in bed. I know my eyes were closed and I was asleep, but I could see the room I was in via dream. Oh. I heard someone unlocking the front door of my house and then a few people started running around the floors and walls. A sense of dread started filling me as those noises came closer, but I stayed calm knowing it was just sleep paralysis due to my remaining awareness. Eventually, the noises went away. Ah, so, so that's I, a good, really good example. It's a good way to end it because to, yeah. that is one. And and there were a few other ones that I read that basically were like, I know I have sleep paralysis. Uh-huh. I know this is a thing that I do. So they were able to say like, because I know that I have it, I am able to talk myself out of it right, and right. say this is just a sleep paralysis thing. I can speak to that personally, really, because uh, as I've aged, because I have very lucid dreams. And a lot of the dreams are kind of evil, demonic, kind of yeah. spooky, spooky yeah. stuff. But as I've gotten older, I'm I can do that too, where I can like say to myself, I can be self-aware even in that sleep place, right? right. In that floaty place the floaty that we keep place, referring yeah. to, like I'm in my floaty place, and <laughs> I'm, I'm in my floaty. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. And you know, like I pray or I I think positive things, and I you and think I, to yourself, I'm just in the I'm floaty just, place. I'm in my floaty place, yeah. and this is you know I'm okay and I can even do the lucid dreaming thing where I kind of adjust the dream so that yeah, I, I win sure. however that means I have a lot of those dreams where I'm fighting like physically fighting someone yeah 
And like I, I almost say to myself, like, okay, I can do this. I'm like, I'm a black belt. I can do this, you know. <laughs> I can kick this. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but the self-awareness piece, yeah. every time we do an episode, we come back to it. If you know what's up with you, you can yeah. better control it. Yeah. So even if you're in Spookyville, you can be self-aware. You can, you can tell yourself that you can leave at any time. It's the opposite of that eagle song. You can check in at any time, but you right. never leave. Spookyville, you don't have to check in ever. You're just already here, but you can leave any time. Please come back. I like that. The Spookyville Welcome Committee would love to see you back. The Spookyville Tourist Bureau. <laughs> But it's all on your terms. But it's all on your terms. Please come back <laughs> and visit. You can leave whenever you want. You can come and visit whenever you want. Self-awareness 101. <laughs> That's so, it. That's all I've got. So why do you think you like the spooky stuff so much? Let's kind of end with that. Why, well, I think what, we talked about that during our kind of horror movie episode. Yeah. With just the, we started with the... I mean, in psychology terms, it's fascinating to think of the unknown. And not mm-hmm. even the unknown. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of really good theories for why sleep paralysis happens, but it's still spooky. It is spooky. I mean, it's still a feeling of being out of control and a feeling of being scared, but in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I know this can't actually hurt me. So I don't know. I think that's yeah. it. I think it's feeling scared and feeling that adrenaline can give you that kind of weird physical boost, but then you know that you're actually safe and nothing's mm-hmm. going to hurt you. So if you're listening to this episode in October in Spookyville, <laughs> be self-aware that you're safe and yeah. yeah. And everything's okay. And that, Next week, we will return to not-so-spooky stuff. <laughs> when we head into the next month of gratitude and appreciation. Thanksgiving month, Whatever. <laughs> Anna will have many new terms. <laughs> new terms that mom can make better. That I can say, wow, wow. my kid is so smart. And just like those things in caves. Every time. <laughs> will you thank the people for listening? I will. Okay. Thank you so much, Sipsters, for being with us again. We hope that you enjoyed this month of Spooksville in October. And if you're listening to these episodes, maybe, I don't know, in December or January, and you're saying, what the heck is Spooksville about? It's we, October. It's we always appreciate you joining us and maybe going back and forth and yeah. visiting different episodes for at sure. different times. We just enjoy you being with us and sharing your time Spooksville is around us. at any point in time. Spooksville is want- eternal. <laughs> if you want to be Spooksville today, even if it's January, it's all good with us. I watch so. horror movies throughout the year, so Spooksville <laughs> is eternal. So thank you for joining us for Freudian Sips, and please join us again next time. Yes, please do. In the meantime, you can find us on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're Freudian Sips Pod on everything, including our site, FreudianSipsPod.com and our email, FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. We're on Patreon, Freudian Sips Pod, and please remember to leave us a nice rating and review. We're Wherever you can do that and then send us an email with that information we will send you a sticker because we so appreciate you taking the time <laughs> to do that that's right our theme music is sweeter vermouth by kevin mcleod and it sounds like this